I was working 12 hour days and because I have a family, um, it's, it's heartbreaking when your son comes to you and says, daddy, let's go to the park. And your response is, I can't because I'm working. So that was so heartbreaking. For me. And that was one of my wake up calls to say, Hey, you know what? If the return on investment is not there, and why am I doing this? No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. Linked insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends. Invite them to subscribe and connect with us on social media. Now, I want to introduce a returning guest. And the first returning guest on the No Degree Podcast, Anthony Savellas. So what has been up? What's up, Janiyad? It's uh, it's been a crazy journey uh, ever since we we last spoke. Um, I believe the last podcast was like a couple years ago. Two years ago, man. It's like almost two years ago because you're like episode sixteen or something. Yeah. So I did a couple pivots since then, and I'd love to uh, to share that with you in the audience. Yeah. So. You left your full-time job and you yeah. started going all in. And I'm talking about all in on courses. How yes. was that? Yeah, that was that was tough. I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, you know, running your own business, uh, you know what it's all about. It's, it's super tough because you are the uh, jack of all trades. You're doing the, uh, the work. You're doing the marketing. You're doing um, sales. Uh, you're doing everything, and so you know there comes a time where um, where you have to decide: Is this what I want? And I came to that point um, where you know I was I was making an okay living, but I was working twelve hour days. I remember, and, man. You were <laughs> editing the stuff. You were. Yeah. Always new updates, always more things. And it's it's a grind. It was a grind. It was a grind. And you know, I, I didn't I didn't glamorize it or anything. I mean, I loved running my own business. Um, because there I didn't have to report to anyone. I could do what I felt was necessary and I could do what what the customer was demanding from me. But the, like I said, there came a point where um I was working 12 hour days. And because I have a family, um, it's, it's heartbreaking when your son comes to you and says, daddy, let's go to the park. And your response is, I can't because I'm working. So that was so heartbreaking for me. And that was one of my wake up calls to say, Hey, you know what? If, if the return on investment is not there, then why am I doing this? So um, being an entrepreneur twice before I, I quickly analyzed what I was doing and how much money I was making and had to make the call. And so I did, I made the call and, um, I was like, all right, I'm going to slow down 
and I'm going to start looking at other opportunities. Um, so I started to look around and because I had that technical background in cloud, because it was what I was teaching, I was like, oh, I can just pick up as a, as an architect and easy peasy get in, um, you know, with all the technical knowledge, all the skill set that I need, uh, specifically, you know, working with one of the, uh, top public cloud providers, uh, in the world, which is Google cloud. Um, I knew the ins and outs. I knew all the services, knew how to work it. And, um, and as I started doing more research, I started to realize that people were demanding coding skills. It wasn't the same back when I was, um, w- when I first started. So because the environment is mo- was more uh, turning towards code, everything was, was coding, right? Infrastructure is code, policy is code. Uh, it was no longer a world where you were in a console clicking buttons. Uh, those days are gone. So fortunately for, for me, I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want to do is wake up every morning coding. I know a ton of people that love it and kudos to you. If you're listening and you code, uh, fantastic, good on you. But for me, I don't enjoy it at all. Uh, so I decided to pivot. I decided to um, go with basically a template of how I've pivoted in past. And the first thing was, was to devise a strategy. So what was I going to do? And where was my heart? Role aligned with my values. And that's when I started to look at roles that were in the tech industry but were more um, related to people and projects. It, it was moving away from doing the code and more supporting the people that do the code. And so that, that's where I discovered the agile domain. And this is where product owners, uh, product managers, scrum masters, and agile coaches live. These are the types of roles that I was looking at. And as I started to dig and started to look, I found the role of a scrum master. And when I first read it, I I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way that this one role could align with all of my values. And (laughs) the more I researched, the more I realized that it did align with my values and it was exciting for me. It, it gave me purpose again. It, it made me excited. And so I took that strategy and now it was like, okay, what do I need to do in order to get into this field? And how long would it take me to get in? So um, there I was again, looking at that strategy and there was a ton of jobs you know, if you go on LinkedIn, you type in Scrum Master, chances are in your city alone, you're looking at anywhere from 300 to 600 uh, openings. So what is a Scrum Master? A Scrum Master is a servant leader uh, that looks at 
upholding the values of Scrum. Now, uh, to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty, uh, Scrum is uh, a an agile framework. Now, what is agile? Well, agile is a way of working that um, allows you to to pivot and to react to to change when necessary and be able to do it efficiently. You know, when, when we're working in complex environments like software, uh, the customer constantly changes their mind. If you look at any product, you know, you, your customer says, I want this, you build it for them. And they're like, oh, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I meant so, something different. Yeah, exactly. So you have to learn how to pivot and be efficient at it and understand how to do it so that way you're not stuck doing it the old way. Now, doing it the non-agile way or how we would put it in the industry is the waterfall way of doing things is that you would start to build it in, let's say, January. And six months to a year later, you get the outcome. And only then will you decide, will the customer decide, do you want it or not? But in in an environment like software, especially nowadays, it's not efficient to do it that way. In an agile type environment, you're looking at iterations of approximately two weeks to a month. So every two weeks to a month, um, you will you know, contact your customer and say, hey, is this what you're looking for? And if they say no, you have time to pivot and to understand exactly what it is that they want and start building towards that. So uh, this is the agile mindset and the framework, which is uh, Scrum, the framework that I work in, uh, that is a, uh, a framework that, that uses an agile mindset to use for solving complex problems. Now, what does the Scrum Master do on like a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis? So it can vary. When a new team is formed, um, there is the product owner, which takes care of the product backlog items, usually in high priority. So they prioritize the items. They know exactly what needs to be built first. Then there's the team members. Team members, also known as developers, uh, for the fact that they're developing the product. Not the fact that they're coding, <laughs> but they're developing the product. And then you have the Scrum Master, who not only teaches the team on Scrum, but also mentors the team and eventually coaches the team. So in Scrum, you know, you always want, actually in most agile environments, you want high-performing, cross-functional, self-managing teams. In order to do that, you have to have the right environment. And that's where the Scrum Master comes into play. Scrum Master, um, make sure everyone has what they need. If they don't, then the Scrum Master can help teach, mentor, or coach the team members to understand what it is that they need. So if, they're, uh, if they have um, some sort of a block or impediment from another team or from, uh, from one of the team members, from maybe the customer, uh, the Scrum Master would step in and say, hey, how can I help you? 
not to necessarily do it for them, but to help them understand how to fix that problem, how to solve that, how to move forward. Scrum Master also helps develop the environment, giving the developers a safe place where they can trust one another. They feel safety from uh, managers telling them what to do, as opposed to in Scrum, where people know what to do. I mean, we're all adults. Uh, We know exactly what we need to do to get the job done. Uh, We just need the space and the flexibility to do so. And that's where a lot of environments that use micromanaging techniques don't work. Yeah, micromanaging, it's so hard to be productive. (laughs) Yes. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much what a, what a scrum master does. And with the scrum framework, there are certain, uh, events, uh, sometimes also heard as ceremonies and these events are facilitated by the scrum master. So we have the daily scrum, which is usually a 15 minute, uh, 15 minute event where, uh, the team members inspect the past 24 hours of work and look ahead at the next 24 hours of work to possibly make a new plan to see whether they're on track. And then they have the um, sprint planning. So at the beginning of every increment, usually it's two weeks, there's a plan that's put together. How are we going to do the work over the next two weeks? And that's where the product owner comes in and says, These are priority items. The team members or the developers look at it and say, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I want to do this. Great. Let's go and do it. And then once the uh, sprint or the the iteration comes to an end, there's the sprint review. And that's where the developers show off what they did. Hey, what did I do for the past two weeks? Here you go, Mr. Customer or Mrs. Customer, this is exactly what we got for you. Is this what you wanted? Yes or no? If no, then how can we build what it is that you're asking for? Where can we improve? So there's there's a lot of learnings in there. And then finally, the retrospective. Sprint retrospective is where a, a scrum master sets the stage for a learning environment where the developers and Only the team members are showing up. Nobody else, no managers, no customers, nobody outside of the team. They all get together and they say, okay, what do we do good this time around? And what was really crappy? What could we have done better? And what learnings do we have from this iteration where we can pick up on and take that into the next iteration so that we don't fall into that same uh, into those same problems. So Scrum Master takes all those events, facilitates them, makes sure they're all put together, and allows the team to understand those events, why they need to do them, and shows them how to do it on their own. Because eventually, a, a good Scrum Master doesn't really show up at a lot of these events because it shows that the team understands what they need to do. They don't need the scrum master. 
Scrum Master is just there to guide them to the end goal, which is them being a high-performing, self-managing team where they know exactly what they need to do. I love it. Now, are there certain certifications that a Scrum Master needs that would be really helpful for them to break into the industry or a certain background that's really helpful? That's a great question, Janayad. There are certifications. There's two-day certifications out there uh, called the CSM, which is the uh, Certified Scrum Master. And this is under the governing body of Scrum Alliance. There's also the uh, PSM, which is the Professional Scrum Master under Scrum.org. From my experience and my research, I've seen that in North America, a lot of the organizations are asking for the CSM, whereas outside of North America, everyone is asking for the PSM. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the unfortunate thing is that, like I've experienced in uh, in cloud, you can get a certification simply by following a learning path, which will give you not just the certification, but it'll give you the skill sets that you need in order to do the job. Now, unfortunately, with being a Scrum Master, a two-day certification course does not teach you how to, um, how to be a proper facilitator, how to be a teacher, how to be a mentor, and how to coach. doesn't. It shows you merely the Scrum framework, how you would work in Scrum, and how you would work with the team in Scrum. But that's it. Unfortunately, there are some other steps that are needed in order to, to get that Scrum Master role. Um, it's, it's probably one of the very few roles that I've experienced, in, in tech anyways, uh, where you need outside experience that no one really provides, uh, which is really weird. Um, so after doing a little bit of research, cause I was, I was very fortunate. Um, you know, I sure I had a certification and I had some experience in scrum in past, but I didn't have the experience as a, an actual scrum master. So using the power of my network, I was able to reach out on LinkedIn And within a matter of three weeks, uh, I was, um, I was working. I, I had reached out, actually it was a, one of my old contacts from 17 years ago. That's great. Wasn't it our boss from 17 years ago? It was my boss from 17 years ago, reached out to me and said, Anthony, uh, give me your resume. Let's see if we can find you a place. And so I gave him my resume um, and sure enough, he, he set up, um, the introductions to all the necessary people. And so I got, uh, introduced to all the right people. And sure enough, after, uh, 10 interviews between three teams, I landed my job. Yeah. Now, let's talk about all these certifications. Cause I'm on LinkedIn and Every other week, I see you getting another <laughs> certification, and I'm like, what? This guy is really showing how you have to do it and what people without college degrees can do. Can you go over some of the certifications and 
why you got them and what are the benefits and who should get those certifications? So as I explained before, um, there's no real path or journey to be becoming a scrum master. Um, and, and so in order to prepare for that, as I said, you need to know how to, how to facilitate, how to teach, how to mentor and how to coach. So those are the four skills that I found that have been the most meaningful in my role. So training, I already had, I've been a trainer forever, right? I have five years experience at, in training with regards to mentoring. I've mentored so many people as well. Now, when it came to coaching, back when I was uh, just before I started my business, I was planning on becoming a coach because I, I was working within a company that had coaches. They had coaches for the executives. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. This is really, really fascinating to me. So I took a one-year coaching course on the side. And just before I started my business, um, I wanted to start my business as a coach in the tech industry. And then COVID hit. And that's when I had to pivot. And that's when I started my business, my, uh, my training business. So I had the training and teaching. I had the mentoring. I had the coaching. What I didn't have is the facilitation skills. And I really wanted to hone in on my facilitation skills. So I started looking at things like, how can I best support my team? And outside of facilitation, I also found some other certifications. So for instance, with the governing body of Scrum Alliance, there is the CSPO. So the Certified Scrum Product Owner. I took that course because I wanted to better support my product owner. What do I need to do to best support my product owner in the position that I'm in as a Scrum Master? So I took that certification to better understand them so I can best, best support them. Scrum.org has a similar uh, certification as well, dedicated to the product owner. And, um, and that's just as good. So CSPO, done. Uh, now I started looking into more, um, more certifications that are related towards agile coaching. Um, cause I was like, well, does regular coaching cover this all? And it does cover a lot of it, but there's a lot more that I had to add to it. So there's another governing body by the name of IC Agile. So the International Consortium of Agile, IC Agile for short. And through that um, governing body, I took the uh, ATF certification, which is the Agile Team Facilitator. I learned a lot uh, within that certification, taught me about things like liberating structures, which are um, different structures using different facilitation skills. So when you go into... Uh, into an event and you know you can you can use different techniques and different structures in order to facilitate and it's it's really amazing at the outcomes that you get depending on what it is that you want another one that I took was the uh, was the ACC and this is the agile coaching certification so I wanted to see what am I missing as a coach or as my 
my role needs coaching, you know, am I up to par with what it is that I need, the skill sets that I need? And sure enough, I, I was pretty much up to par. Uh, there were some things that were missing, but most of it was pretty much there. And um, for those of you who are listening, who are thinking about getting into a Scrum Master role, I found that coaching was one of the key factors of me being a successful Scrum Master, is to have those coaching skills, to be able to ask those powerful, open-ended questions to people that make them think and really understand, am I doing the right thing? So that really helped. Um, And I think it would help a lot of other people as well. No, I think coaching skills are extremely underrated in the workforce because you see postings ask for leadership. But a lot of people get those leadership positions because they're good at their job. They do a good job and they go for the next step. I'll become a manager. But a lot of people are not necessarily managers, right? They don't have training for it and all that. And a lot of managers, good managers, they're coaches, right? They know how to talk to you. They know how to manage different types of people. They know how to bring out your strengths. They know how to help you with your weaknesses. They know how to navigate a lot of situations in a good manner. And so there are very few job postings that I see is like coaching skills. And a lot of times what ends up happening is people have their own businesses for coaching, but they would make phenomenal managers to really assist. So either have the manager be the coach or have a coach work with the manager to assist the team. And I think companies would go so much further and people would have so much growth because the co- that coach aspect just really changes things. Because when I manage people, I come with that coaching aspect and they feel so comfortable. They feel trusting. They can see their growth. And when they see that you have the best intentions for them, they also have the best intention for you. And it's like a win-win. Exactly. And this, this is why, Janai, this is why Scrum doesn't have any managers. There's no managers involved. Why? Is because there's a coach there. And usually, in my opinion, uh, a manager should be coaching their, the people that, um, that, they, that they look after, you know, to help them grow. And, you know, when you remove the manager part from the environment, you don't have the quote unquote micromanaging anymore, right? Um, now it's just a team working together, trying to get shit done. Yeah, and that's how it should be. Now, there's a trap that a lot of people fall into, and you didn't fall into it. It's the certification chasing, where they keep on chasing certificates, but they go through a learning path, but they're not really learning, and they're not really applying what they learn in certifications. How'd you avoid that? Wow, that's a great question. So with being a Scrum Master, um, as I explained before, it was very difficult for me to understand all the skill sets that I really did need uh, because I've never been a scrum master before. I did, you could say that I was chasing certifications, but for me, it was, it was more about chasing the knowledge uh, because I didn't have mentors where I worked. I didn't have people teaching me things. So I had to learn myself. And because I... I, I crave learning. I crave growth. 
I constantly wanted, wanted that, that knowledge. So there was a couple more certifications that I got. I, you know, I went for my uh, coaching at Agile Transitions, where organizations who are doing an Agile transition, this is where the coaching aspect would come into play. Same thing with um, my ENT certification, which was the Agility in the Enterprise. Now you're looking at Agile at, at scale. So uh, what does a coach do? in an organization that is scaled agile. I'm also looking at uh, another certification that just came out, which was the um, uh, professional facilitator. What was it? It's a PSFS. So professional scrum facilitator skills. Wow. Yeah. It's a new one that just came out, um, but I wanted to up my game in facilitation. And this really helped me. You know, Things like this, uh, when it comes to certifications, for me, it was about learning. It was all about learning. It wasn't necessarily about the certification. Sure, it's great. You know, you pass an exam, uh, you get your badge, get to show it off on LinkedIn. Fantastic. But can you apply it? And this is where I took my skill sets that I learned. I not only shared them with my team, but I also open them up to new ideas because now I'm sharing, you know, all this, all this knowledge that I just gained. It wasn't just for me. And I found that it made my team better because of it. So it was more, it was more about, it was more about chasing the knowledge for me. You know, so, some could argue, actually many could argue that, you know, you could find all this stuff online. Sure, you can. Um, but having someone teach it to you in a real-world environment with role-play situations where you get to coach other people and vice versa, um, you get to do activities where you, you learn how to apply these skills, you can't just learn that online. It's applied theory. And to me... I've always been one to apply. You know, if I look back at the at the cloud industry, um, I did a lot of hands-on work, and it was because I wanted to learn the theory. You know, it was applied theory. So I figured I should be doing the same as a scrum master, but there was there was no real learning path. So I was kind of um, figuring my way around on how I can do it. And I found through certifications that I was able to gain that knowledge and be able to uh, transfer that into my day-to-day. You know, even, even down to leadership. I took my certified agile leadership course uh, from Scrum Alliance. And that gave me an understanding of where our leaders are coming from when they say, oh, we want to do agile. Okay, so now what? And this gave me the the what and the how uh, of understanding leaders, where they come from. But like I said, I didn't have anyone to teach me this. And so I searched out for that knowledge uh, so, so that way I can be better at what it is that I do. And you're really freaking good at what you do because some of these certifications, there's only a handful of people in the world 
who have these certifications and you are one of the few who have multiple of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. Um, you know, the, like I said, the PSFS that just came out, um, I know there's like a hundred or a couple hundred people that have that certification, but again, it's brand new, but I, I'm, I'm looking to, to, to scale up. You know, I, I have a, uh, another certification that I'm going for, uh, in a couple of weeks called the, um, uh, the KMP one, which is based on Kanban, which is a, uh, another, um, methodology, if you will, on, uh, on how to, on how to work. So I can take Kanban and apply it to Scrum, or I can just take Kanban by itself. Another certification that I'm taking is, uh, training from the back of the room, which is a technique that is used by a lot of agile instructors, uh, where you have the people train themselves. Why? Is you give them activities to do and they do it. And that way they learn as opposed to, you know, me sitting on a, on a Zoom call going through slides. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so boring. So, so make, it makes me better facilitator because of it. Um, it's just this constant journey of learning and getting this knowledge to make me a better scrum master. And, um, if I didn't have these skill sets, I wouldn't be advancing as fast as I am. I mean, I've gotten to the point in my my short career already that um, my team is is like um, they're working really, really well to the point where my manager says, "You know what? I want to give you another team, and I want you to do the same thing." Oh, so yeah, it, it was it was shocking. Uh, for me, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I saw the fruits of my labor. Uh, I saw what I was doing and, you know, I'm going to see if I can repeat it. And if I can, then, you know, sure enough, I'll, I'll start to put something together. Um, but you know, it, it, um, it all boils back to how far do you want to go and what are you willing to do to, uh, to get the job of your dreams because Janaya, like I've been in the tech industry for now 18 years and took 17 years to find this role. And this is my dream role. I love every day going to work every single day for the past 10 months. I've been loving going into work. Even I'm, I'm excited on Sunday to go back to work and I'm, I'm a little bit sad on Fridays <laughs> because I'm leaving my team. Yeah. It's a part of me now, but I, I never would have found it if I didn't take that chance. And so for anyone who is looking to getting to into becoming a scrum master, I recommend that, you know, you not only look at certification, but, you know, getting the skill sets, it's all a matter of going to a not-for-profit saying, Hey, can I help you to do a new way of working and apply Scrum there? Or go to your local church. I'm sure they would love some help on getting, uh, you know, finding some better ways of working. And there's actually, a, I found a, a white paper online where uh, somebody had, 
the actually the founder of Scrum, he wrote a white paper on exactly how to apply it in church. Wow, that's crazy. That's so cool. I know, right? So don't fret. There's there's ways on on becoming a scrum master and getting the skill sets that you need. You just got to put in the work. It's a little it's a little bit harder. You know, you're not sitting at home coding. Um, it's a different type of skill set, and it can be a lot more challenging, especially for people who have been used to not really talking to other people. The first skill that I say, you know, if you become a scrum master or you want to become a scrum master is that you have to love people. If you don't love people, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to be a scrum master. It really is. Now, I've wanted to ask you this because seeing you, I've seen your journey, right? We were friends before the pandemic. We met in person. I got to make a trip to Toronto soon so we can actually link up again and take another picture and I could try your pizza. <laughs> How do you keep learning? Because that's something that a lot, like people will get their certification and right, they'll get to a certain point and end. But you have this hunger and desire to learn. How do you maintain it? How do you keep it up? That's a great question. Because um, I've always asked myself, the same thing. And, um, you know, even my wife, she tells me, she's like, you are addicted to learning. Yeah, you are. But um, the way I see it is I want to be the best at what it is that I do. And if I don't put in the work, I won't know what my ceiling is. I won't know how good I can be. And so, you know, I challenge myself every day. You know, what can I do better? And, you know, I, I do a lot of introspection. That's what I call it. And I look at what I've done for the day and specific things that I've done. How can I do that better? And this is where I think to myself, oh, you know what? Maybe I need a little bit better understanding of facilitation. Maybe I need to take another another course. Uh, or you know, I'll run into some issues where I need a little bit more understanding about uh, certain methodologies. So I'll be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to take another course on test-driven development or, or Kanban or whatever the case may be. So it's that constant drive to, to be better at what it is that I do. And I say this all the time, Janiyad, is is that if you don't put in the work you're not going to get the job of your dreams. You just won't. And everyone starts from the bottom. And I've been there. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of scrum masters get into this comfort zone where all they're doing is the facilitation, but they're not going above and beyond. And I don't want that for myself. I truly want to do good, not just by me, but by my teams. Because they go out of their way to trust me. They trust my judgment. They trust what I do. And so if I'm not giving my 100%, then I'm letting them down. And I don't want to let them down. I want them to succeed. I want everyone to be winning. And if I can be the catalyst for the change that allows my whole team to win, I'll do it. Because... You know how I roll, Janiyad. Yeah. I mean, 
I love it when people win. I love it when people are successful. It just, it brings me so much joy and it, it brings so much joy to the people who are there experiencing it as well. And you know what? We got to do a part three sometime because I know by that time <laughs> you'll have another 10 certifications. How many certifications are you at now? Well, in the, in the agile domain, uh, I'm at eight right now. So by the time I'm at the end of this year, I should have 10. Man, and that's not, you have, you probably have like 15, 16 from before. <laughs> from cloud? Yeah, yeah. I, I have, uh, I have 12 from cloud. Man, so you're really at 20. I, good. That's a good tweet or post, like 20 certifications, <laughs> no college degree. Be like, Anthony. yes. So I want to thank you for your time. This was such a cool episode. Just good to catch up as friends and, you thank know, you so much. witnessing your journey live is definitely an inspiration. You keep me going. You inspire a lot of people. Keep doing what you do, Anthony. I appreciate you. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.